Hi dolls. I'm so excited to introduce to you my next adventure, and that is the So My Mom's a Therapist podcast. Each week I'm going to be answering your questions, so send your voice memos to my email, so my mom's the therapist podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to be inviting friends on and colleagues to answer and tackle your questions that you send in. We're also going to be discussing topics from singleness, dating, relationships, breakups, and everything in between. And a great way that you can support this podcast is by going on and rate, reviewing, and subscribing. And it only takes a few minutes. That allows us to reach more people and grow as we go. Thank you again for listening. And I'm so glad you're here. All right, dolls, welcome back to So My Mom's a Therapist podcast. This is our 18th episode. And if you were here last week, you heard me say, I'm um, just so excited for where we are headed in this podcast. We have ads coming in. And last week, we did one for Alarant. So excited. A uh, great way to support us is by going on and rate, review, subscribe. That allows us to get ads. I'm going to try to present them in the easiest way, most painless way possible. But even when you're doing, even when you're hearing ads, I just want you to keep in mind that this is all time invested that we don't get paid for, which is fine. But if we can get an income stream coming in, it allows me to do it more, allows us to put out more content that is helpful. Um, well, so I would encourage you as much as you can to keep, uh, if it's helpful, keep promoting, keep rating it. Um, and that, that helps us to keep doing it. This week, this week we are covering um, why men don't commit. And I have one of my good buddies, uh, Evan, with me. Hi, Evan. Hey, it's good to see you. I'm so happy to be here. I know. I, we, this has been in the talks for quite a while. So Evan is was one of my actual, I don't even know if you know this, Evan, you were one of my first friends that I met on TikTok. And um, I just have, he, he actually reached out to me and um, I had no idea what I was doing because I hadn't planned on like it, it was a joke. And, and, you know, I had asked my kids, you know, how do you make a video? What, what's a stitch? And they all had to sit down and show me what to do. And Evan reached out, not even knowing me and was like, hey, I've been here <laughs> longer than you have, which I think everyone had at that point. And um, you, you showed me the ropes and you showed me like how to do certain things and, and taught me the, the back, the backside of TikTok and how to keep doing it. And so I've never even said this to you, like even personally, but thank you for that. Like you were the, you were the first one, anyone to do that. And I so appreciated that. The second I found your account, I knew that your content is what the internet needed. Mm. And I truthfully mean that. That's why I reached out because, you know, as somebody who, you know, is the millennial generation, I think dating is, is a big problem for a lot of people now, and which is, you know, what we're trying to help people out with. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really difficult time for a lot of people who are single looking for somebody looking for that real relationship. And I really think that your content gives people a healthy but fair perspective on, you know, what you should expect out of yourself or what you should expect out of other people. And I forget which video I first saw when I saw yours. When I found your account, I was like, I know that her account is going to blow up because even in your <laughs> comment section, people were like, thank you so much for saying this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a non-toxic message that needs to be, you know, needs to be spread. And I think that there's a huge community of people looking for that message. And obviously a lot of people who follow the podcast and, and listen. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, I so appreciate that. That like that means a ton to me. Actually, it means a lot to me um, because it, I mean, again, I started out as a joke, but really what I started like leaning into is that I think people need a message. And I think you do a wonderful job of doing this too. And I want you to share also where people can find you as well now and at the end of this of the podcast, but people are needing a combination 
of, I can be caring and loving and still grow at the same time. I don't need somebody coming in with the harsh recipe who doesn't know me. And so I feel like what people genuinely feel for me, which is how I genuinely feel, is like, I really care about you and I care about our well-being and I care about our hearts. And at the same time, we can grow and learn as we do this and challenge ourselves as we as we do this. And if you're hearing messages with animosity and hate, right, then, then that is, you can't be growing love and still hating people at the same time. No, is there space for anger? Absolutely. Is there space for discouragement and anger and frustration? Yes. But if every message you're hearing from someone is is rooped and like seeped in that, it is not going to help you get where you want to go. And so I think that's what we're, I think you and I share a common goal is putting out content that is helpful. Does this add value? Does this make you feel more hopeful, give you something to try? If you walk away from a video there's a difference between saying, oh, good, I'm going to follow this list of steps. That that can be helpful, but it's also not rooted with a sense of, I feel encouraged, I feel hopeful. That's the whole picture we want. And I think both of us really work to accomplish that. Okay, so where tell, where people, tell people a little bit about yourself um, and then and where they can find you. Yeah, so I've been doing the whole the whole coaching thing for a few years now. Uh, you guys can find me on TikTok at Performance Potential. So, man, I think I've put out over 740 videos oh today. Oh my gosh! Um, I've taken a couple weeks off. I think social media, to a degree, can be a little bit a little bit draining, especially for creators. Um, before I started doing this, I didn't really think that that was the case because I would just put my head down and try to make a video a day and you know, move forward, but there's just a lot of interaction and a lot of information every day. Like, you know, you're constantly looking at comments, you're constantly responding to things, you're helping people. And sometimes we get a little bit overburdened too. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, taking a little bit of a break and, and slowing down too, to be, you know, to be your best self. So um, everybody who's listening can find me at Performance Potential on TikTok. I'm sure some of your audience has, you know, seen my content before. We've actually gone live together before, yes. which I thought was incredible, which is why I wanted to, you know, continue to work with you and, you know, come on the podcast because I think, we agree on maybe like 85% of stuff, but the other 15%, it's, it's good. There, there's there's room to talk about. And I think it's interesting too, you know, just our own unique experiences and how, how they shape us as well. So yeah, that's where they can find me. And uh, I think there's gonna be more content, you know, coming out between you and I in the future. So it's gonna be great. I, I think so too. I mean, that was one of the things I loved about doing those live was, lives with you is that I, I don't want to, I don't want to agree with Every, you want everything. And I think like yeah. we have our riff points and I like that. And I want us to be able to, we, and we come from very different perspectives. Um, and I love even hearing you say, you know, I took some time off of making TikTok videos. Okay. That is a, that is a whopping amount of videos to make. And I don't think people realize like we have jobs outside of this too and, and lives. And so being able to keep all of it up, it can be a lot at times. And so I absolutely, I will say that's wonderful without using the self-care word, which I hate. It makes me want to vomit because I think it's like overused, but that is tending to yourself. And sometimes we need to do that in order to fill ourselves up so that we can continue pouring out, not just quality, not just quantity, but good, like quality, quality content, which is still still important. Okay. So today we are going to be tackling why men don't commit. I don't know if there's, I mean, there's a few more loaded, but that's pretty loaded, Evan. Like, let's just like, it's like, even just like putting it out there, I can feel it in my body. Almost like everyone's like, is there a magic answer? Do we have a, like, are we going to present them? Are we giving them a magic answer? Like wrapped up, like in a little like bow where it's like, oh, this is going to change everything. Well, I think that this is a loaded question for sure. I think that a lot of it will apply to both men and women. But to be honest, this is one of the most common questions that I get asked by women. So when women come to me, it's usually like, why is the guy that I'm talking to either not committing or not being clear about his feelings? And then the second one is, 
you know, I've been talking to or dating maybe a few guys and I want to know which guy is going to be the best guy for me. So those are usually most oftentimes. And the third one is, you know, obviously going through a breakup, really struggling with a breakup. And, you know, how do I know if I'm ready to date? How do I know when I feel better about all this? And also why did we break up? Because I think without that clarity, it's very hard for people to make, you know, make a move. Um, as much as I don't want to say we don't need closure, but we want closure. And, you know, I think sometimes if you can get that from a parent, a friend, a coach, a therapist, whoever, it's going to allow people to move on a little bit faster or to be fair, like what you think is your idea of closure, right? Because like, can you truly get closure without knowing where they're coming from? So for me, when I think about, you know, this question, why men don't commit, I think it's definitely rooted in a lot of, you know, psychological aspects that some people just are not like, as much as they act like they're ready to be in a relationship, they're not ready to be in a relationship. And you can't judge your dating, I guess you'll say your dating career based on success or failures, right? Like you can't judge what other people are doing to you and saying to you and making you feel less than is like, you're a failure. Because if you're dating people who are quote unquote, emotionally unavailable, if you're dating people who have a lot of issues and things that they haven't worked through, just because you couldn't get them to really like you or want to commit to you doesn't mean that it's your fault. That's that's what I really want people to, to think about for a second. Because if you're trying to date somebody who has shown you through their words and actions that they are not ready to date you, or they're not ready to be in a committed relationship, how can you hold yourself accountable or to a standard that's not achievable? Mm-hmm. I think too many people are trying to do that. Too many women will come to me and say, he's doing this, he's saying this, and like, I, I still want him. Is there a chance? And I'm going to be honest with you, nine out of 10 times, I'm like, it's probably not worth pursuing that because he's telling you that he does not want to proceed forward with a relationship. And as hard as it is to to come to grips with that, you still, there's nothing you can do. You know, you have to give somebody the time and space to think about whether they actually want to be with you or not. Um, you know, best case scenario. And a lot of other times it's you have to move on. Well, and so this is the this is the analogy that I like to use. And I use this with a lot of my clients, a lot of my clients. And I, if you're watching the video, I have I put both my hands up in front of my clients. And I put them both, both my palms up and I said, all right, here's the deal. I said, you have your expectation and fantasy, and then you have your reality of the person. And those, believe it or not, are two separate people. Your fantasy of the person and who they really are. And you will either continue to rip up reality because you will not let go of your fantasy version of them, or or you learn how to slowly recognize that's my fantasy person. I need to mourn the loss of that fantasy person and embrace reality and say, this is what I have in front of me. And I think when you have those clients that come to you, Evan, they're like, how come I can't get them to commit? I would say the person they're trying to get to commit is a fantasy version. And when they get frustrated, when the real them shows up. And so you either learn, if not, you will continue to shred that person and shred that person because you're trying to make them match your fantasy version of them. If they won't commit, that's the real them. To your point, I think the more we, I actually think a lot of this work can be, I think a lot of those feelings and frustration can be prevented by how we sift through differently more upfront or being able to find this balance of I'm walking into a relationship, but how do I guard my heart to say, I'm watching the actions they may say, and they will say it. They will give you all the words you want to hear up front, which is why I hate a lot of questions. I know people disagree with me on this one. I hate a lot of loaded questions on the first dates. They're going to tell you whatever they want, whatever they think you're going to want to hear. Right. So you and you and you hold on to those words and you create a fantasy image around your fantasy version of them is often created around those first one to three dates 
Why? Because they're telling you what they want here. And then when the real them shows up and they're not committing and they're not sticking to their words, then you feel offended. And so it's this, how do I recognize? Oh, I have to watch with my eyes. I have to see over time. Watching with your eyes and time will show you who that person really is, not your fantasy version of them. There's so many good directions we could go with this one because, because then it's like, okay, well. Can you tell I'm passionate I'll, about this? Just slightly. Yeah, but it's like, think about the topics that we could go with on this one is like, how quickly should you sleep with somebody? How do you find out their true intentions? You know, are you friends before your lovers? Like you have to think about all these things too. And it, it really comes down to the fact, like, what are you looking for? And what do you expect from yourself and other people? Hmm. Um, I hear this all the time. And I really want to ask your opinion on this because I don't, I've never come up with a, a rock solid answer. The question, why do I always attract X, Y, Z? Why do I always attract a narcissist? Why do I always attract the guy who is a cheater? Why do I always attract the guy who, you know, only wants me for my body? All these things. So I'm curious, like, do you think that there is some kind of like spiritual thing out there or like law of attraction type deal where you're attracting that negativity into your life? Or, you know, do you think it's, they're just subconsciously attracting these men because they have, you know, something going on with their, their, you know, childhood issues, watching their parents having issues and they don't really know that they're dragging these people into their life. Like, what do you think about that? Because I can truthfully tell you that as a man in my, you know, dating and relationship history, I have usually attracted the types of women that I've wanted. And by disqualifying very early on people who I just can tell are not going to be a great fit. Um, I haven't really had to deal with too many of those situations. I've definitely been, you know, in some like unfortunate dating situations, but for the most part, I, I can never really say that, you know, I've attracted a woman who is a narcissist who's going to barrel me over and run my life. Like I've never allowed that into my life. So I'm curious what, what your opinion is on that. Women who say, I always attract this type of guy. Cause I think there is something to it. Um, I, I agree. I, I do. But I think there's a few there's a few points here that need to be flushed out because that you can miss them very quickly. And that is there's there's a difference between what you are attracting and what you are engaging and letting in through the fence. And if you were, if I, and I, I, I feel like I need a visual. I feel like the podcast, I need a PowerPoint to go with. I feel like you need to watch our power, our podcast along with the PowerPoint presentation because I'm too visual. This is the teacher in me. Those of you I love know, that answer. I love that you, answer, by the way. It's basically, you know, you can, you know, it's kind of like you can let somebody in your house, but you can kick them out too, that, right? That's, like that's my you, point. Can, you can give somebody a date or two, but so, it's your job, you know, whether my, you keep my, them around. Right. And so the point is, and to be honest with you, I think, and th- th- this is a sticking point, and I, th- I can see people being like, uh, "Let's, I will, I will take you on on this one." I, I really, I think dating can be actually way more difficult for people that this world sees as attractive because what you have coming in through the fence is going to be a lot more. And I could see somebody being like, "I'll take that problem any day." I can't even get one match, and I, I understand and I sympathize with that. I do. I really know that's not easy, and that can be very discouraging. However, if you are someone that this world sees as attractive, either the package or the whole package or physical what you look like, what you have coming through the fence is going to be a lot more. What do I mean by that? Who you who who you are choosing to engage with. So if I have a real strong boundary with dating, then it really doesn't matter who's outside the fence. So it's not really about what kind of people I'm attracting. I can attract anybody. I said this when I, I got interviewed by Cammie Crawford. She's awesome, by the way. She's a host on Catfish. And she asked me the same question. And here's what I said to her. It doesn't matter who's outside the fence and who you're attracting, as long as you know how to set a boundary in the fence. It's not about who you're attracting. It's about learning how to set boundaries for yourself. So you could have the coolest guy out there. You could have like the biggest dick out there. You could have a llama out there for all I care. It doesn't matter. It's about how to set a boundary. So the real question is, to your point, 
What am I allowing in the fence? And what is familiar inside of me that there's something familiar, even if it's not good? And this is not a conscious, this is a body response, which is why often people who, let's say, have an alcoholic in their family will think they're gravitating to someone who's not like that, only to find they have very similar characteristics because it's familiar in their nervous system, it's familiar in their body. So the question is, what am I allowing through the fence? And why am I connecting with something that may not be the best for me? Completely agree. I don't, I don't think I could have said any better. I completely agree with you. Um, it's really about who you allow and accept to stay around in your life because yes. there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are coming in. So I think yes. what, we should, what we should talk about now is, you know, if you're a woman and you're sitting there right now and you're saying, I get that, you know, I do have some options. I do have people reaching out to me on dating apps. Like, how do I identify a guy that will commit? How do I identify, you know, quote unquote quality guy? Like everyone's a quality person to a degree, right? But sometimes people are not like quality when it comes to relationships. Sometimes people don't want a long-term relationship and that's okay. That's somebody's prerogative as long as they're honest about it, right? As long as they're not lying about it up front or they're being dishonest with, you know, what they're, what they're actually going for. So I'll start off by saying that if you're a woman and you're listening to this and you tell a guy that you want to wait to have sex and he becomes pushy, aggressive, angry, um, gaslights you, makes you feel insecure, all these different things, I can promise you that he's not in this for relationships. So if we want to talk about unpopular opinions, I think that's a solid reason to not sleep with somebody on the first date. And it's not because that's inherently bad. It's because you're setting the tone that every time we hang out, um, we're, we're going to hook up. And I think our judgment gets a little bit clouded when we're having a lot of sex and we're having a lot of good sex. We're not really getting to know that person for that person. And you know, you could find yourself a couple months down the road and say, shit, we have nothing in common. Mm -hmm. This started as a barroom hookup. This started as a one night stand. This started as, you know, a date where maybe I wasn't ready to have sex, but I was just very attracted to you. And my, my extreme physical attraction for you is going to cloud all of my judgment about who you are as a long-term partner. So it's not about like you're a bad person. If you sleep with somebody in the first day, like I make a video about this, somebody will get offended somehow, but it's not that you're a bad person for doing that. You can do whatever you want, but it do, doesn't do you mean that's going to set you up. Do you see them? Get, do you see people get offended when you, uh, when you say, Hey, you might want to think about not, not yes or no, not bad or good, but Hey, delay. Um, I think 90% of people would agree. 10% of people, I, I don't know, 10% of people get kind of offended by that because they're like, well, I waited two months and he still and he cheated still, on me. He and still told me. I get right. it. Like, I get it. There's a lot of bad people out there. Well, that's, but. that's why I was, about, I was about to say that. Like, when you're talking about, about the, like, you know, the, you know, if they're dishonest or not, you don't know up front if they're honest or dishonest. You don't know that, which is why you find you you find this middle ground, like you're saying, to guard your heart. And I actually promote a very similar message, and I call it the Demi syndrome from Demi from Bachelor in Paradise, which I'm obsessed with. Bachelor in Paradise, not necessarily the other ones. Bachelor in Paradise, I'm like all there for, right? But the, this this gal Demi, in order to get the guy, she slept with him up front. Again, no judgment, not a bad thing. Thinking if I can get my hooks in him, then. I get the relationship after the, the when we go in with that mentality though of like maybe I'll give him what he wants so he'll stick around then I get to have the relationship after the key though is if you're giving him up front you don't even know you don't even know who he is and if you want him to stay around after because the whole point of it it makes you blurry and it makes it all nice and fuzzy that's what it's supposed to do but you're not even really then getting an accurate picture of them if you're sleeping with them you can't you cannot be sleeping with someone and have an accurate picture with them right up front it doesn't exist because that's what happens in our brain. That's what it's supposed to do. It's doing its job, right? So if you don't, and then you don't know who you're actually getting connected to. But at the root of this, and this may take us a different direction, but one that I think that we need to take, why do we, why do women try to most likely want to sleep with somebody up front? Why do we think they so, do that? 
Well, I, I mean, it's, I think first and foremost, it's pure physical attraction. I mean, that's, sure. that's definitely yeah. the first thing. Um, what I will say as well that it popped into my mind when you said that is when you're dating with the intent to win, you're dating with your ego. So for me, somebody who actually used to date totally. like this, because when I, you know, before I became a dating coach, there's like this continuum, I think that either certain men or certain people on the planet have with their approach to dating. You know, they're either relatively, you know, successful in terms of attracting people, keeping them around, or maybe a bad breakup happens or something bad happens. And you really start to do this work of like, how can I attract people? What can be the best way to keep somebody around? It's really the wrong way to think about it. It should be looked at as like a process of qualifying who is a great fit for you and who is not, as opposed to, I want everybody to be into me and I want as many options as possible. Because to be fair, like you said before, having all of those options are not necessarily going to get you the person that you want. You're just going to have, you know, a quantity of people that want to be into you, which is solid, but it doesn't mean that the people that you're attracting are necessarily the people that you want or you want to keep around. Okay. But now you're, you're, now you're tripping in on probably, I think one of the biggest key elements that I want to slow down around this, because I really want people to hold on to this. And that is, there is a difference for dating to make sure I'm okay dating out of my ego and has to deal with, I can't be rejected. So I will be intimate up front because I don't, I can't risk rejection about what it says about me dating for ego and dating for fit. Those are two different things. Am I looking for a partner that's a good partner for me or God? Oh, please. I cannot take being rejected one more time. And those are two different ways to date. And one is loaded and one's not loaded. One makes you hold on to yourself because your whole feeling of self-worth and identity is hinged on it. And one is like, dude, if this doesn't work out, thank you. Because I know the first thing about the person that I want to be with is that they're into me just like I'm into them. So thank you for letting me know this isn't a good fit. Feel the difference? And so that's why if somebody won't commit, if I'm in my head trying to figure out because it's either got to be you or me, but what's going on here and why can't I get you to do this? No, no. If you can't commit and I'm watching with my eyes and your actions are showing me you can't commit, thank you for letting me know you are not a good fit for me. And you said this the other day, it's a protection mechanism. Absolutely. People want to to date to not lose because it makes them feel better about themselves. You know, it's hard to look in the mirror and say that. Um, And I think that there are a lot of people out there that are like one rejection away from just giving up. And I, I really hope that if that's the case, you take some time off from dating and you know you work on yourself and just be more patient, be more comfortable, be more present, right? And, and just feel a little bit better about the whole process before you get back into it. Because if you're dating because you're horny or you're dating because you want attention or you're dating because you're lonely, those are all very bad, like scarcity mindset reasons to get into dating because you're looking for something out of the other person. That's the difference. You know, sure, in a relationship, there's obviously going to be an exchange of a lot of things that are going to make people feel better about themselves. And that's awesome. But it doesn't mean that, you know, don't go to the grocery store hungry. Ever hear people say that? Like, don't go to the grocery oh, store wait, hungry. Oh, wait, wait. Have you actually don't ever done the, that? Don't go to the dating apps horny. Wait, I can wait, tell a lot of I men. just want to know, side note, have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? I am telling you, I remember when my kids were little babies, like, it was like bags ripped open in mid, mid-aisle. It would be like, this one's screaming, I'm giving them this one, I'm eating out of the candy bag. Like, it is, and I ended up being like, getting things I would never get. I mean, have you actually ever done that? Because I actually have lived this one out, like, constantly. Yeah, my, my, my receipt at Whole Foods is definitely going to be 20% higher every time I go to the store hungry, that's, that's right. for sure. That's right. I'm buying stuff in line at the checkout. I'm buying all these things in the aisles that I'm like, I want to eat right now, but am I going to eat that three days from now? Probably not. Exactly. Okay, so this actually ties in so nicely because that is the difference. When I'm hungry in the grocery store, I'm going with my body. Where if I'm not hungry and I'm fully satisfied, then my brain's engaged and I'm thinking about what healthy options do I want? What do I think is best for me this week? How do I, and I'm thinking with a different part. I'm thinking with that prefrontal cortex, that 
front of my brain. You're right. If you're going saying, oh my gosh, I need to eat something. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm feeling sick. This is how dramatic we are. You're like, I got to eat something that I'm going to grab whatever's around me. Same. That's a perfect analogy. Same analogy with how you approach dating and not only how you approach dating, but also leaving space to say, oh, I've got to leave space that somebody else may be in that hunger phase too. And that's okay. There's that fence again. I just want to be able to detect, is this somebody who's starved and hungry or is this somebody who's full and looking for a good fit? Completely. And you're, you're approaching it without that, like, you know, scarcity mentality. What am I going to eat again? What am I going to have affection again? Like all this, all this stuff, right? Like all the parallels we can make. And I could, I, you know, I can really see this shining through with a lot of guys too. Cause I mean, listen, a couple months go by, a guy hasn't had sex and he's like, man, I got to get back on the market. Totally. I got to have sex. So his dick is driving his decisions. It's not really that he's truly looking for a relationship right now. And not to say that women don't do this either, but he's trying to get laid. I'm not kidding. There's a lot of guys are just going on dating apps, willing to say whatever, because it's been a while. And like, see, yes, I'm but, willing to say that. But can we shit. not? Like, I'm willing to put it out there. But I also want to make sure, okay, but I don't want to demonize them. They, they're, that's their prerogative. Again, we don't get so upset without what's outside the fence if we learn how to put a fence up. The key right. though is that women get offended when some what like that well they call it a sheep's in you know a sheep in wolf's clothing the sense or however that wolf in sheep's clothing wolf in sheep's clothing there we go West Elm Caleb totally, totally the sense of like and and that's where I I did a video it's the first video that actually hit big you know probably is that it, it's this mullet man it's not a bad idea it's this like it looks like it looks like a relationship up front business in the front party in the back the relationship up front you think you're going into a relationship and it's really a hookup in the back it's not your traditional hookup. The girl thinks she's going into a relationship. It's like it has, and it has about a one to three month cycle. They have, and by the way, there was someone in front of you. They've got someone behind you, all ready to go. But it looks and feels like a relationship, except if you slow play it, and if you hold withhold sex, you will find very quickly one to three month cycle. They will be gone because they have someone else, but it will feel like a relationship. They will, it's a one to three month cycle. They will even tell you about an old relationship they had and how that's something they desire, but their actions will not match. And in your gut, you will feel it. Um, but there, so the hookup looks different. The hookup, that's more the situationship. It, it has that sense of you think you're going into a relationship, but it's really just a hookup in the back. And so, and how, Completely do, you, agree. how do you do it? You slow play it and you weed those yeah. suckers out. I completely agree. I think that's a, that's a very good approach. I think it's a fair approach. You know, obviously everybody has their needs, right? It's not just that men are trying to have sex and that women are. It's like, we definitely are all trying to have our needs met, whatever those might be. But the, the, like the line of delineation here is how honest with you are with other people. Because if you're only looking for a hookup and you're on a date with somebody and, you know, they ask you what you're looking for and you're like, well, honestly, I'm not in a position to be in a long-term relationship right now. I don't feel like I'm ready. You know, I'm trying to casually date. If you hook up with that guy and you blame him for not committing to you, that's a problem. Okay, but what I about- I say you're the problem, but what, that's a problem for but, you thinking you're gonna change him. But what about the one, cause you're gonna hear this and I'm sure you, where they don't say that. They say they want a relationship. They say you every, they give you everything that you wanna hear and then you end up sleeping with them. And then it turns out not to be true because that's what pisses them all off. What do you, and I think we might differ on this one. What do you think about that one? So what do I think um, she should do or what, what do I think well, about I that guy? I don't, I don't blame it. Okay. First of all, I'm not defending the sucker. I'm just simply saying that we can, but if somebody gives us with their words and their actions do not match and we act all offended, I would say, and this is not a popular opinion, this has to go both ways. This is just humanity. This is not guys or girls. That's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to watch to say, are their actions congruent with their words? Do not take, because what happens, we get hooked up on the words 
We fall in love with the words. We create a fantasy person around them, sleep with them, and create this fantasy person. And that, we haven't even taken our time. We've taken Snapchat uh, Snapchat texts 24-7 with the person mixed with their words and created a fantasy person that does not exist. And so it's not really on them. It is on us to learn how to set that boundary. And also maybe how blind could we have been to some of the things that would have been indicator that they wouldn't have committed yes. or that they didn't want a relationship. Because, you know, on a different podcast, you talked about this whole um, creating the idea of this person just talking for weeks on end before going on a real date, before, you know, even yeah. like building up the emotional and building up the physical and not necessarily physical being sex, but just like, you know, being around each other, you know, hugging, kissing, cuddling, whatever, all those things, bringing the two of them together, going on a real date. Dating the way that humans dated for the, the the creation of humanity. Now we have phones, we have dating apps, we have social media, all this, all this bullshit. The thing is, if you're going to date somebody and you want to see if they're going to be a good fit for you, you can't read the words that they're sending to you on a screen. You can't re- listen to the lip service they're giving you in between dates or are they not talking to you between dates? That's another question all the time. We go on great dates. I don't hear from them for a week. He hits me up, wants to go on a date. Okay, don't you think it's a little bit concerning that you don't hear from somebody in between a date? Because I'm going to give you the, the, the ends of the spectrum on what a guy could be doing. And I'm not saying he, he should be on either one because they're both extreme. You have men that are, and, and some of the men that are not showing interest in you, right? Listen, some of the guys that you as a woman are showing interest right now that are not showing interest back to you, that guy is willing to fly another girl across the country to see him. Okay. And then he's doing nothing for some women because you have to understand that if he's not doing it, it's not necessarily if he wanted to, he would, but if he's not doing it, he's not doing it because he doesn't want to. And whether or not that hurts our feelings, you have to read the writing on the wall as it's written. And you can't think to yourself like, well, if I do this, we'll get better. If I try to change him, you have to stop playing that game because if he was super interested in you, he would be showing a little bit of intent, well, and taking I go, places, going up, going on dates, be talking in between dates. You know, like in your mind, in your heart, that is not right. But see, you know I, when it's not. But I and I go to the psychological element. Why is it difficult? The the underpinnings of this is why is it difficult then for us to actually go? Well, hold on, slow down. If they're not doing it, it's because they don't want to. And why can we not look at that? Because if that is true, here's where women go, girls go, young girls. If that is true, then what does that say about me? And that's why mm-hmm. they can't go there is because then I have to deal with this sense of, because a lot of them say, if in this, again, is rooted in a lot of our irrational beliefs that we come out of our childhood with. I'm not enough. I'm unlovable. And because we already have built in these roots underneath, if I look at somebody's behavior, I, I tie that root to it, which is why I go, no, no, I just got to get them to commit. I got to get them to commit. Why, doll? Why? Because if I don't do that, then I have to deal with the fact of, I might be faced with my biggest fear, which is I'm not enough or I'm not lovable. Ah, now that's where we need to go. That's the healing and that's the work that needs to be done so that that sense of I want to get to this place as I get older where I value myself enough and I love myself enough that I can actually address that. Until that until that part, that's the cup. Everyone, you know, I love my cupcake analogy. That's the cake part of that. And until your cake is all you intended to and solid, then you ha- you will not be able to face that p- other part. You won't be able to really look at why am I not getting the commitment? Why am I not getting the action? Because I, it's too tied to what I think of my self-worth and my identity. That's the real work that needs to be done or else the, it can't be faced. It can't be faced. Okay, we're, I'm looking at our time. I do want to answer one or two questions. We did not have, we don't have a mid-roll advertisement this week. So 
Evan, you and I are going to be our mid-roll advertisement this week. So um, one thing that uh, Evan and I have been talking about that we are putting together that I'm really excited about is some coursework. Can you can you share a little bit about that and, and maybe a, a few little highlights along of what we're planning? Sure. So after really listening to what some of our followers have been talking about and the reason why a lot of people find our work is we know that there are a lot of people that are struggling with breakups or even maybe going through a breakup right now or going through this cycle of, you know, getting back together with somebody, breaking up with them, going through this cycle. It's really, you know, how do you heal from that breakup? How do you get like clarity on your current situation to understand maybe why it's happening? Maybe whether that person is somebody you should even truly be with in the future, but ultimately how to heal from that and be able to move on and make a healthy decision when it comes to dating and finding a real relationship. You know, if you're dating with a long-term intent, you're dating to find somebody to marry, you're dating to have children, you have to pick the right person. So we're, what we're essentially doing is we're creating a course to help people obviously heal from breakups, but to ultimately identify who their who their ideal partner is going to be and just give give you know give our followers the techniques and the abilities to you know to take take more control of their life right. and be more present in what they're doing. Right. Between the two of us, we have a million followers. Between the two of us, we have a million followers. And that tells you that we're doing, we're hitting on something that is helpful for people. And so we, yep, I love it. We're putting together coursework that can be purchased. One of my, one of my biggest, one of my, the hardest things for me is probably the most, the question I get asked the most, are you taking new clients? And I get hundreds of them and I wish I could, and I know there's a need there. And so that's why we want to put out something that is good, quality information, tools in your hand, and that is reasonable and affordable. And so we are putting that out. We should have that out in the near future. If you are interested in this coursework and knowing when it comes out um, that you can purchase it, there's also going to be add-ons of live sessions that you can meet with us. That's something that's an op- that will be an option as well. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and just email me, so my mom's a therapist podcast at gmail.com and just put in the tagline, you're interested in the coursework you can do. I don't know. Do we want to come up? Let's come up with some name. It can't be, I mean, I'm, I'm too, I, let's come up. We have to come up with like a code name that they put in. I don't know. Let's pick something. Oh, um, how, about, so how about, how about the grocery store? How about like you're coming at we're, we're, something about, I don't know. What's the whole foods. How about like, whole foods? <laughs> Right. The grocery store. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what our what our code word could be. It's like email code blank. Yes. To, uh, yeah. So I was a therapist. Email. How about, how about I'm hungry? Um, how about code word is I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Email email her. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> so, so my mom's a so my mom's a therapist my, podcast. My manager know. is going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> He's like, why are we getting so many emails? Why about yeah. Why is everybody hungry all of a sudden? <laughs> hey, listen, dating is kind of like going to the grocery store, you know. <laughs> It is. It is. Okay. So we're going to wrap up our time. Email us if you're interested. Uh, but we're going to wrap up our time with answering a few of your questions. Again, keep sending those voice memos. I love it. I get them on Instagram. Um, I get them on my email. So my mom's a therapist podcast. Send your voice memos one to two minutes and we will keep answering um, and tackling those as well. All right. So here we go. Hi, my name is Nevada. Um, I wanted to say I absolutely love the podcast and your TikToks. And it has been very, very helpful for me in life, but also in relationships and, and you know, the things we experience in this life. Um, my question has to do with um, avoidance, ghosting, and friendships. So to give you a bit of context, I have an ex-boyfriend who is also my friend, was a coworker. We were in sort of a friends with benefits situation for a while, um, but it was very inconsistent. He would be quite avoidant um, in certain times and 
is prone to ghost me um, for really no reason. Um, and right now, we haven't spoken in two months. I sent him a message um, to apologize for something that I feel like I didn't handle super well, and I never received a response, and it's been about two months. Um, I noticed a day or so ago that he um, unfollowed me on Instagram, which caused me to really um, go into a lot of anxiety and sadness and um, grief. And so um, I was curious if you had any advice on how to grieve this friendship, um, maybe perhaps eventually get to the point where I could be friends with this person. I know it's a hard road, but you have if you have any advice, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, I could hear it in her voice. I was just like, when he, when she said, oh, he unfollowed me, I was like, oh, I could feel it in my gut. I was like, oh, that's a hard one. That's like a blow, right? Oh, not easy. Not easy. You know, I think, first of all, Nevada, I'm so glad that you sent this in. And I think, first of all, the minute she said friendship, ghosting, like coworker, and I was like, oh, I think so many people can relate Friends to this. Friends with benefits. Friends there was like benefits. a lot of things. It was like all the above. But I think so many people can, can relate to that. And what I, I mean, I just have so much compassion because I don't know if you could hear, but underneath what you're, what, doll, underneath what you're saying is like, this is somebody you really like who they are. There was friendship there. There was, there was like, a, you know, not only coworkers, but this is someone that I think you generally either like their company or like who they are. And it was like, okay, it gets a little muddy when it goes from like, you know, friends with benefits to, and that's not a bad thing, but just trying to figure out what fits for us. But did you, the one, the one thing that I saw between the ghosting, friends, friends with benefits, then, then, you know, MIA, you know, for two months. And then is that the one thing that is, the one thing that's consistent in all this is inconsistency. The one thing consistent about all this is inconsistency. And whenever we're looking at friends with benefits, there will always be an inconsistent nature. Not bad or good, zero judgment. That works for some people, but there is an inconsistent nature with friends with benefits. If there wasn't an inconsistent nature, then it would be a relationship. <laughs> Think about it. The whole point is like, we come in, we're hot, we're good, we do our own thing, right? But there's an inconsistency with that. That's the nature of it, which is why I've yet to see everyone ever work out. They're seasonal. Friends with benefits is seasonal. It, it, it's for a season. Why? Because if you do it regularly and consistently, then, then it's a relationship. And let, me add, let me add a quick quick uh, side note on this. If a guy tells you that he just wants friends with benefits and doesn't want a relationship, he means it. Yeah, he but, means it. But don't you think it may work for her too? 100%. And that's my point. But in this situation, it didn't. And I think in most situations, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because what ended up happening is it's now like, I want to hold on to a, a scrap of him. Like I want him in my life. I just want that closure. I want that friendship or some kind of relationship. I want to keep him around. I want him in my life. I need him in my life. When you enter a friends with benefits situation, you have to understand you're signing a contract that allows them to leave for somebody else at any point in time. And if you're willing to put up with that, then then sign it. And if you're not, then don't. And that goes for both people. When somebody says to you, I want to be friends with benefits because maybe that's where I'm at in my life, it is up to you that you accept that. And it's very hard because I can tell that she has those feelings mm -hmm. for him and she wants to, to keep around and wants to really hold on and salvage what they could have had, or at least still keep him around, keep him in her life to, to be close, to know what's going on with him but mm -hmm. truthfully deep down it's because she really it's she really wants him you know she doesn't want to be just friends 
with him. I know she doesn't. And I can feel it. I can feel it in her voice, the way she well, speaks about him. About, she just still wants him in her life because she cares about him. Absolutely. Which I think we're, and that's not a bad thing, but there is a space where we can also come in and recognize, I'll take, if I don't get, if I, if I can't have the romance, at least I'll take the friendship because I really care about them. That's okay. That's okay to be able to say, I recognize that. I recognize if I had a green light, yes, I'd want a relationship. And at the same time, if a friendship's all I have, I really genuinely like them. Now, psychologically, let me come in with the therapeutic side of this. What happens if it's friends with benefits, it's a friendship, but it because of the benefits, it is now a sexual relationship. But everything I heard from you, you, did you hear that part where there was that, I think two months ago I handled something and I came back in and I apologized. Ooh, ooh, that's the emotion. That's the emotion that, that we're bringing in emotions. And when you bring in emotions, now we have a different part. Now it's relational. Usually friends with benefits really means I want the benefits, not the friendship. And then somebody else will come in and say, no, I actually like the friendship. Yeah, I'll do the benefits. That's fun. But so you have to ask yourself, what am I leading with? Am I leading with the friendship part or am I leading with the benefit part? And the other person, what are they leading with? Majority of the time, girls want the want the emotional relationship and the benefits is fun. There's a lot of girls that enjoy sex and that's wonderful, but I'm leading with the friendship. I want the emotional part. And majority of guys, they just want the benefits. And they like it in a friends with benefit because it doesn't feel as shitty as like a hookup with a random stranger. So my guess is he was more interested in the benefits. You were more interested in, in the friendship and the emotional part. So to her point, what do we do now? And I would say we need to grieve. We need separation. I would block that sucker, not in a bad way. I would block it all. So as much as you can, remove yourself from him. You know, go the long way at, at work. Go the long route at work. If you need to, like, if he's still there and you still see him, giving yourself a chance to mourn and to and and to mourn the loss. It's grief, and, yeah. and that's your best bet for friendship in the future. I agree. And the the one thing I want to say about this too. Um, to kind of summarize the way that she's feeling and maybe what she does next is, as you saw, she was, you know, Nevada was really trying to tie in something logical to justify her emotions right now. Yeah. So she said, because of what I did this one time two months ago, um, he, you know, he goes to me after that. He was no longer interested in that. I want to be very straightforward with everybody listening. If you are pursuing a real relationship with somebody and they are pursuing a relationship with you, you work on things. You talk about yes, it. Yes. You, you, you hash it out. You don't stop talking to somebody well, because they did something you don't like, unless it was terrible. And then they would tell you what you did was terrible. I can't accept that. Even a friendship, right. romantic relationship or friendship, you lean right. in, right? They because, he didn't, because he didn't do that. It just tells me that he was always in that benefits mindset. He was always exactly. in that casual mindset. He was never in the let's get to work on this relationship mindset. And it's okay. Wait, wait, I'm going to have okay. you wait. I want I'm you to slow down. Yeah. I want you to slow down. And I want you to say that again, because I think that that part there is really is that what did you, can you just say that again? That part, because that is key. The mindset part. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the mindset that he was in is he didn't want to work on it. His, his goal of it might've been the benefits and, you know, something casual thing, but you know, if his mindset was more of a relationship, he would be willing to work on those details and, and like form a relationship. Yes. Yes. I want to highlight that there is a benefit. Now we're talking about friends with benefits. So really that yeah. means, that's benefit means code for like for sexual intimacy, for for being physical. There's a benefit mindset and there's a relational mindset, whether it's romantic or friendship. And those are two different things. If he wanted, if he had a relational mindset, any kind of relation, friendship, romantic, he would have leaned in instead of leaned out. And that, oh, that part right there, doll, is your person, the person you're engaging with, are they a benefit mindset or are they have a relationship mindset? 
That's so good. That's so good, Evan. Okay, do we have time for one more? I sure do. Okay. Hi, Lisa and Andrew. Um, First of all, I wanted to say thank you for all the videos and TikToks you post. I genuinely look forward to watching you every time you post a TikTok because I really feel that it grounds me and help calm helps calm the anxiety that I get around dating. Um, and this question I have is kind of stems off of your mini series on your podcast about starting new relationships. Um, so I have been dating somebody uh, that I met off of a dating app for the past three weeks. Um, the first couple dates we didn't did not text in between dates. We just made plans and then um, went on the date and then made another plan and then went on the date, which I really appreciated because it helped prevent me from getting ahead of myself and start building up a person in my head that they actually aren't. Um, but now that we've been intimate um, and things are moving a little more quickly, I feel like I can sense myself retracting and pulling back. Um, And it's hard to know whether that's me, the anxiety in me of being scared of a relationship. And because when I'm with him, I really, really do enjoy my time with him. But then the thought of like being in a committed relationship, which I know that's not even on the table right now. So maybe I shouldn't even think about that. But that thought kind of freaks me out. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, is that just because I'm thinking, oh, what if there's better out there? And then that makes me feel like a bad person. Or is it my anxiety of trying to prevent myself from getting too invested and then possibly getting hurt? Um, so if you could give any tips on how to distinguish between the two and yeah, um, I hope you're both having a great week. Thank you so much. Oh, first of all, like love it. Well, first of all, Jamie, I will pass. I still am good friends with Andrew, so I will pass on, um, your, your sweet words to him as well. And, um, but, oh, I, I love this one. I feel, I feel like I say that about all of them. I'm like, this is so relatable. Like, I feel like there's so many people can can relate to this one. Um, what do you, what do you hear when you hear her kind of where she goes with this? First of all, wait, first of all, can we just say like, girl, you are doing an amazing job. You're slow playing it up front. You're chatting, you're seeing each other, chatting a little bit. Like she's really up in the front. Be so proud of yourself. Relationships are about learning and growing. And I can tell you're like really working at it. So be super, I mean, do you see the work she's doing in there? I was just like, I want to be like, yeah, girl, like you're doing the hard work you're really trying to figure this out and I love that I I just noticed that I just want to point out we need to encourage and cheer ourselves on as we're learning and I see you doing that and it's not easy it's not easy work she's being very patient and thoughtful yeah. throughout the process yeah and sometimes if you take some time and you've gotten to know somebody and maybe you're not feeling it that's okay but she's making a you know she's making an observation or you know maybe a decision based on how she's felt over time not just mm-hmm. like I'm head over heels in love after three dates or like I think he's terrible after one date because he, you know, folded the napkin the wrong way. 
man, I got the ick, right? She's she's really being thoughtful and present what's going on. And the one word that kind of comes through to me as she's thinking about this, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty and maybe how she feels towards him, whether it's her anxiety, whether it's the situation, uh, maybe the sexual compatibility was not there because she said after, you know, um, intimacy happened, she maybe started to feel a little bit different. And I think maybe what could be happening is, if she feels like this is not her ideal partner or somebody she wants to proceed with, might be a little bit of a little bit of guilt. Like maybe he's a very great guy and she feels a little bit uncomfortable because she, you know she might not be fully you know invested in in this, or maybe she doesn't know if it's her or it's him. Is it my anxiety or is it things that he's doing that I'm not a big fan of? Maybe he's making me anxious. But there was a very small thing in there that I did pick up on. She said. I don't know if this is going towards a real relationship, although I know that that's not possible right now or that that's not happening right now. Mm. There was something in there about like, I don't know if this is going to turn into a long-term relationship, but that I actually know that, that that's not possible right now. Did you catch that? I, I did. And I, okay, so I'm so, I so love the approach you're bringing, focusing on the uncertainty, because I read this completely different. And I think this is, this is the magic of you and I, Evan, is that we said there's that 20%. We see things differently. And I love that. That's what I want, because there may be some people who are able to relate to what you have to say. And then when I share my approach, it may be, but I heard what you said. See, I read that. I read that part as saying, like, that's not where I'm at now. So we're new in the relationship. We've dated. I've slow played it. We've chatted. We've had a few dates. We were intimate together. And I read, I read like, in our timeline, we're not there yet to be talking about, not that she didn't want it or not that it wasn't coming, but almost like that's not where we are right now. Well, I know where we are. I've got my head on straight. I'm not thinking marriage. I'm thinking I'm enjoying this person. And we're at the beginning of that relationship in that front part. That, yeah. that's, I'm, cu- I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. what what See, might be either causing that thought feeling or if there's been things communicated like just not happening right now, no relationship, or she feels like I'm not ready to commit to that with you right now. See, I'm and curious. I read it. I very much read it because I see this happen a lot is that when I've, when I've taken my time and I've guarded my heart and I've gotten to know them, and now I've started to get feelings, catch feelings for somebody, the feelings are there, the connection's there. Now I add the physical intimacy and those two combined make our body all of a sudden, that memory foam pillow starts coming out of the box, which is oh gosh, I could get really hurt here. And having those feelings, starting to like somebody, still not knowing them yet, I always say this, like they're awesome, they're great, and I still do not know them. I'm getting to know them, I'm starting to have feelings, and now I've been naked with them. And that feeling right there makes your body feel unsafe. That is not a bad thing, you're doing it right, doll, you are headed in the right direction. I just simply read it as, I don't have the time yet to know, we're not tipped into, an exclusive relationship yet because that's not where we are. And what I would say to you, Jamie, try this on for a second. If that was your, and I'm not saying we're going there, but try on imagination. If you got, if you were, if you were, if the two of you were in an exclusive relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, we are locked down. Would you be feeling the way you would now? And I guarantee you the answer is no, no, I would feel safe but you're in that middle ground. And that middle ground is the hardest place for your body to be because it's not safe yet. You're not in, you're not out, your feelings are coming up and yet it doesn't feel safe because you don't know if this is gonna turn into a relationship. I use this analogy, people think it's gross, which makes me wanna use it even more. And you're especially gonna think it's gross, Evan, and that is, it's like giving birth to a baby. (laughs) Something that you will not, it's not like the baby's in your stomach, 
and it's not out into the real world yet. You're not single, but you're not in a relationship. You are stuck in the birthing canal and it's miserable and uncomfortable and you want to push out the baby. I know you're loving this. You are, oh just, are you turning red? I think you're turning red. A little bit. It's, it's funny. It's funny. And like, I'm not, I'm not a very religious person. It's not really true. I don't mean this in a religious way. I always call it, pur- I always call it purgatory. You don't know if you're up or down, that's you're right. just in between. That's right. And that's where she is. Jamie, you are in the birthing canal. You are not single and safe, and you are not in a relationship out in the world, world, and your doctor's sitting there. I'm sitting here being like, don't push. Don't push yet. <laughs> I, I think I've lost you, Evan. But I, I don't push yet because you're exactly where you need to be. It's uncomfortable. And that's where I'd say, I know this is uncomfortable. And what do we do when we get uncomfortable? Watch what she did. She bounced into her head, into our thoughts. I will start getting anxious and I will start overthinking and overthinking. Why? Because I'm uncomfortable. So if you catch yourself overthinking, I don't know if this is going to turn into something. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting and the minute I'm in my thoughts. Oh, Thank you for body for letting me know I'm in the birthing canal and this is uncomfortable and validate it. I'm bumping into my head and I'm bumping in my thoughts trying to figure it out because I'm uncomfortable because I'm not in a relationship and I'm not single. And so I have feelings and it's scary. It's scary. I have feelings and it's scary and I can't, I can't get that safe feeling yet. That's exactly where she is. That's how I, and that's how I read it. And I think that a lot of people can relate to. It's why either they want to stay single or they want to lock down that person on that second date. Get, let's, let's real quickly just jump into a relationship because I'm trying to get safe. You jump into a relationship too quick. You don't even know who you're jumping into a relationship with, but your body thinks it feels safer. And so that's where you are. You're doing it right. You're uncomfortable. Just when you get in your thoughts, that's where I'd say, oh, I'm in my thoughts. That's because I'm my body feels safe. Why? Because I'm not in a relationship yet. And this is scary and hard. And what do I do in those moments? I hold on to myself. This is hard. How do I reach out to a friend thinking my thoughts are not going to help me right now? This, they're not going to make me feel good. Let me go for a run. Let me watch a movie. And so coming in that direction is where I would head. I don't know. Well said. I said a lot right there. Clearly. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. I think, you know, she's in the in-between and yeah. she's got to give it some more time and really assess her feelings. And you know, maybe there is some unresolved anxiety there to her point. Like, yeah. am I, am I really ready for that? And any, you know, if he's allowing you to be patient, you're being patient with him, then keep going, keep going. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. One more time as we're wrapping up, can you let people know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Just search performance potential on TikTok. Um, I, I post a little bit on Instagram, but mainly, mainly TikTok is, is where I, is where I prioritize my content. You can get in touch with me uh, through there and um, definitely going to be on future podcast episodes uh, on the road. For sure. We, we, we work well together. And again, if you're interested in that curriculum, that's going to be coming out those courses, go ahead and email me at so my mom's a therapist podcast at gmail.com. I'm hungry or whole foods as our code words um, (laughs) to let us know. And we'll, we'll be happy to email you when that's out. Um, and keep sending, again, keep sending those voice memos same to same email address. And as much as you can, go on, rate, review, subscribe. That, again, allows us to keep doing this. Um, I'm, thank you for coming on. Thank you for spending time with me and sharing your wisdom um, with my listeners as well. It's always it. my pleasure. Yes. All right. I will see you soon. All right. Bye, Dawson. <laughs>